Hello, and welcome to Need to Know, your weekly baking podcast covering everything from the hottest trends in entertainment and baking to trusted expertise on your favorite pastime. I'm your co-host, Gina Brzao, s'mores obsessed and amateur baker at best. As always, I'm joined by professional chef, cookbook author, and the creator of Bigger, Bolder Baking, Gemma Stafford. Hi, Gina. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, how's your week been? Um, it's been good. Yeah, yeah. It's been good. It's been hot. It's so hot. In this LA. weekend, it's going to have to be 96, I saw. I don't know what temperature. So it's not It's not crazy hot right now. But no, no, no. It's manageable. Well, no, it's like it's not for me. Oh, like, I feel okay. like I'm going to just go up in flames. Really? So, like, I'm just not able for anything over 72 degrees yes. Fahrenheit. And it's, it's going to get hotter. And you're always in your jumper. I mean, my jumper. But they're always really in my cute, jumper. Though. Isn't this a nice they're, jumper, though? This is though, a really seriously. nice one. But, um... In the morning, it seemed like a good choice. Right. And now in the afternoon, it was like, well, that was really foolish. Just, it heats up. Um, and it's pure wool. Oh, gosh. It is, it's gray and, and red striped. It's very cute, you yeah, guys. I like it a lot. But um, so wool was not the smartest choice. And it is spring. Mm-hmm. And it is the valley we're in right now. And that's yeah, really hot. Yeah, it's like the hottest place. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> the, the surface of the sun. Um, well, speaking of nice weather, we're going to jump right in. Hot from the oven. We're going to talk about weddings. Oh, lovely. Which I read this fact this week and I was shocked. The Knot says that 2022 is set to host the most weddings in recent history. Guess how many? A day? The year. The, the 2022, year. the year. For America? It just said most weddings. Okay. Not that I know the answer anyway, but I'm just trying to, is it a million or is it? It's um, higher. Is it really? Isn't this crazy? No, this is okay, really crazy. I'm going to say 7 million weddings. This must be worldwide, Oh, right? 2.6. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah, went yeah, too yeah. far. But you went too far. But that's a lot of weddings. Yeah. I mean, I guess a lot of people got engaged either in the pandemic, pre-pandemic, and then they wanted to wait it out, obviously, to maybe have like a bigger wedding. Anyway, so then I did a deep dive on wedding desserts, wedding cakes. And I was actually reading that mini cakes, which I had never, well, I haven't been to a lot of weddings, but I've never seen mini cakes in like individual desserts at weddings. Um, And they were saying that they were really big in 2021 and they're going to continue to be a huge trend that we see as desserts. Have you, do you like, oh, Gemma has an opinion, you guys, I can already tell. I don't, I tell you why I don't like it. Okay, okay. Because it's a lot more work than just a a regular cake. You have to now decorate all these little tiny cakes. Right. And then here's the thing as well, is my head goes to waste. No one eats them. So nobody, nobody eats them. And even though it is small, it Mm -hmm. ends up being more than a slice. Yeah. uh, Way more labor intensive. And the thing about it is you have to cut these cakes out of uh, large sheet cakes. Oh my gosh, wait. So that's how you make walk, them. Walk me through this. So that's, you make I thought you had a mini cakes. mold or no, something. No, no, you don't. You make... What? So, But if there were mini molds, then you'd have to go and buy millions of mini molds yeah, yeah. for this particular reason. But there's there's not mini, mini molds. Um, so you'd make a big sheet cake, okay. you'd cut them out, but then here's the thing. So you're cutting out, these are all circle cakes, right? You have all these random. Then you've got all these odds and ends of scraps of cake that you can reuse for like other purposes. Cake but pop oftentimes or... it's just kind of, I, I just find it wasteful and very time consuming. I had no clue that you had to cut it out of a sheet cake. Mm-hmm. I genuinely thought there were just like mini cake tins. Well, so, so for some things like that are kind of random like that, there are mini tins. Mm-hmm. But then how many of those mini tins do you need? Yeah, then then it's... If you're making it for a that's, wedding. That's crazy. I, I did not think of this. Okay, what was your wedding cake? My wedding cake was pavlova, 
So it was meringue. Okay, okay. Like if I could go back, I would definitely like, I, I would like a do-over because. Really? Yeah, I just, it was, it tasted good. It just didn't look great. But I have to say, I've never said, so the number one Pavlova is not cake. Like yeah. it's not, um, I was going to say cake decorating is not my thing. Right. But. Did you make your wedding cake? Yeah. Love that. Okay. But um, I just, I, what, what something a bride, like, I learned this now, uh, not so long after my wedding, a bride should not be making her own wedding cake. Right. She just should not right. be doing this. She should, like, I shouldn't have been should doing a lot of that. things that I was doing. Yeah. So, but you just don't know. No. So maybe, and, yeah. I don't know. So they were also talking, this article was talking a lot about the flavors, like, obviously of your classics, vanilla, red velvet. We know you love red velvet. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they were talking about some more unique flavors they've been seeing, which is citrus. And they mentioned limes. And I just had a lot of questions about cooking with citrus for you. So when you're cooking, first of all, I've never had a lime cake. Like what's – key lime pie. That's yeah. what I think of when I think of lime. But lime in a cake, how do you – is it lime shavings? Is it lime juice? Is it both? Um – is it difficult to cook with a citrus like that? When you, those are good questions. Um, when you say shavings, do you mean zest? Yeah, I did. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm going to squirrel that one away. For I had later. written zest. Do you use zest or juice? Okay. But I just you got said so shavings. overwhelmed that I said <laughs> shavings. Zest or juice. Um, yeah. So you would, zest is the most, is going to give you the most flavor. Okay. Um, unless you juiced a whole pile, mm-hmm. uh, reduced it down to a concentrated, like, you know, you had a cup of a lot pure of work. lime. It is a lot of work. You have a cup of juice, but then you reduced it down to make it more concentrated. Okay. For me, zest is the easiest way to go about it. Yeah. And you get that lovely, those lovely speckles and you get really good flavor from the lime zest. Like it's a, it's a smack in your face of lime zest rather right. than a subtle lime flavor. And so... Also, is this in like a vanilla cake? Could you do like a chocolate lime? I wouldn't recommend it. That's a good question. I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, it would be in vanilla or you could even do honestly like a coconut cake. Oh, Like something yum. tropical. Yeah, yeah. You know what you could do? Pineapple upside down cake with lime. Like Love that. Keep it on theme and it will work really well. I wouldn't recommend chocolate. And um, But I get your kind of hesitation of like, can is citrus are citrus cakes a thing like is it a, right because i'm like i've never really seen like a lime or lemon i guess you've, lemon. you've seen lemon yeah but it's just not common to no. see lime or it's not common to see grapefruit or orange grapefruit yeah. Or, or, yeah. or orange orange but why can't you have orange frosting we should really bring back the citrus cake yeah yeah i think like i i would i would absolutely be down for like um and when I think of the cake, I'm also thinking of the frosting. So like butter, yes. orange buttercream frosting, um, lime. Like I'm down with add all those it in things. There. Yeah. And think about how cute it could be. Like you could. <laughs> but saying that though, I'm still not making those tiny little cakes. There's not enough work. It's a lot. Money it's a, in the world like to pay me that to is it. a very time consuming thing, right? Like it's just. Here's my. Oh, well, I guess you don't have to change the recipe because that was another question. Was do you have to change the recipe because they're so small? But you're making a big sheet cake. Yeah, you now so have you to make a huge it. big sheet cake. But I guess. Yeah, that just seems – it's a little daunting. Maybe I'll do mini cakes. Who knows? If I ever get married, we'll see. There's a thing – this is – this isn't a – this isn't a – this is an Irish saying. It's not a bad word or yeah. anything, but something that would give you a pain in your face. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's lots of things as Irish people that, that gives us a pain in our mini face cakes, on, is that on, a, on a daily basis. And I'd say mini cakes would definitely give me a pain in my face. But mini cakes, they seem like a really cute idea, but the more you're explaining it, the more I'm with you. I'm like, that just seems – and – Who's eating that? Because I feel like a lot of times you go to the weddings and like they say to save the top tier of your wedding cake, right? Yeah, for so your one year or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But I never see anyone really eating the rest. You have like a bite, but that's it. Yeah, it's funny. It doesn't, you know, working in hotels and in restaurants, you saw a lot of that cake come back, you know. Oh, and really? Yeah, like people don't devour the cake at the end of the night. They're like, they've, they're, they've had food. They're, yeah, they're full dancing, of wine and yeah, dancing alcohol, and whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, it'd be lovely if they did mm-hmm. because so much effort does go into the wedding cake. It's a huge piece. Yeah. Centerpiece. And, it's, and they're so expensive. And if you're talking really? about those, um, th- that would be so much more expensive to buy mini cakes because they all have to be handmade. Every one yeah, of them now is decorated. I mean, I mean, they're expensive, but ra- yeah, that's a lot. So now you're charging per, per, per individual mini. cake. Oh my God. Think about the money. Do you know what? Here, here's, here's a new plan. Forget bigger, bolder baking. I'm going to go into wedding cake catering for the next, what do you say, <laughs> year? Go. Next year. And it'll be good. And I'm going to make uh, 2.7 million wedding mini wedding cakes. And then I'm going to retire. And then you'll be all set. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So I don't know if I'm sold on mini cakes. You might have deterred me away from those. But our next one is meringue cookies. We've talked a lot about meringue. I'm sort of understanding it more because I yeah. really didn't know anything about it before this podcast. And so now this whole recipe is basically you add egg whites, cream of tartar. Is mm-hmm. that normal for mm-hmm. like, what does that do for the recipe? I guess. What are we talking about? Are we talking meringue about meringue cookie? Yeah. Meringue cookie. Yeah. So I just want to clarify when I think in America, you call them meringue cookies. Okay. Where we call them just meringues. So like you, the little fluffer. Yeah. They're like, they're, yeah. they're little mounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not like flat, like a cookie. Okay. But they're, is that what you're saying? Like the little. Yeah. It's like the little. Yeah, like it's just a little, little yeah, 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 yeah. So it's funny because you guys call them cookies. And I, I never, when people would ask me to make meringue cookies, I thought they meant cookies. With like I was meringue. Like, I've never <gasps> had a meringue cookie before. What is that? But it's, it, I, I realize now they mean meringues. Okay, so you just call them meringues. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's, that's, I was just, that's not really much to do about anything, but I just, no, it's I just good to, want to clarify for people who are outside of the US. That's what we're talking about. Um. So, what did you ask me? You asked me so about bas- the... Well, I'm going through the recipe. It's tartar. egg whites, cream of tartar, uh, salt, and then you whip that basically until it's white and foamy. But what does the cream of tartar do? It, cream of tartar is an acid that is used to stabilize the egg whites. Uh, make it like stand? Make make them to whip even firmer than they might have done. Okay. So it makes them much better for piping, especially when you're... So if you're, that was when you're shaping meringues yeah. and if they're being piped or anything like that... Um, cream of tartare is just like it is. It buys you insurance that your huh. meringue will be will be thick and be I better think for of piping. That flavor for some reason, and I don't think of like something I want to eat in a cookie. But do you mean cream of tartare? Yeah, it's not like really a strong flavor though. No. Yeah. What? What would you? Would you mean like baking? So- are you thinking of baking soda? No, I think I'm thinking of cream of tartare. Are you thinking of tartare sauce, Gina? Oh. For the goes with fish? Yeah, I am. Oh my gosh, with calamari. I am. I'm looking it up, you guys. I see it now. Oh, this is like a, this is a, pa- yeah. When I read this, I was so confused. I was like, tartar, like, that's what I eat, like, calamari with. Like, I, cream of, t- okay, we have to talk about this. I'm sure I'm not no, the only no, one No, no, I think we no. don't have, no, no, I'm pretty sure. So there's baking soda, baking powder, cream of tartar? Tartar. Yeah. Is it tartar? Tartar. Wow. Wow. Huge light bulb moment for me. Okay. Gina. That really clarified a lot with this recipe. I I really wrote, I was like, I have to ask Gemma about this because I was very confused. Wow. Makes all the sense. 
Here's my next question. It's like, hold on a second. No, I'm trying to be like, it's fine. Gem is still processing. Um, uh, Okay, you have to think. An amateur baker like myself, I don't really use recipes that would call for that. No, you don't. That's true. Like, I don't think I have that in my my pantry, you know? Yeah. It's not a a very common recipe, but let me just go back. Sorry, an ingredient. (laughs) But it's it's, it's the stabilizer. It's it's a... an acid and a powdered acid that is used to stabilize eggs. Okay. For for people out there who might be confused, mm-hmm. tartar sauce <laughs> not. is mayonnaise yeah. and anchovies and so dill confused. and capers and sometimes eggs and it's all mixed up and you have it with like fish. cocktail, you have yeah. it with fish. So I just want to... It is not It's not... You do not add that into your meringue making. But okay, so what other recipe is like very... A classic recipe to use cream of tartar in? Oh, it's predominantly meringue making. Okay. And then sometimes caramel making because it stops it from crystallizing. Okay. Okay. See, yeah, neither of those things I've done yet. Doesn't mean I won't, but I haven't. Okay, I'm going to move on now. And I'm not going to... But I just wanted to say for anybody who was unsure, I do not condone putting tartar sauce into meringue I'm pretty sure you were okay moving on all right so here's my next question now that we have clarified that for everyone because I know I can't be the only one it said to bake them for one and a half to two hours yeah is that right yeah I was shocked well what you it's 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 funny you bake at a low temperature it's not super low or anything it's not like a hundred degrees right but like you bake at a low temperature for a longer period of time because you're trying to create a crispy shell on the outside and generally what you should end up with is a soft marshmallowy uh center but what you don't want is brown so you do you bake them at a lower temperature so they don't brown i was shocked yeah because they said make sure that they don't brown and I'm like how is it not browning in two hours yeah. but it's low it's low low and slow that's what you do okay and then you get um and lots of people try and achieve this and so, you know I sometimes I get like the most perfect pavlova or meringue and then right, sometimes right. I don't but a, a crispy on the outside and a soft marshmallowy uh, inside so then when you crack into it you get like a, a, a harder outside and then uh, this like, like yummy like soft center and it's just like perfection oh yum okay Still, it makes more sense to me. Um, what could go wrong here? You could like harsher sauce. Okay, yeah. Have you like ever made some that did not come out how you planned? And do you know why? Meringues. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh, absolutely. I have, and, and honestly, like not that long ago. And sometimes I don't have the answer. Like, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember. I was making some sort of meringue, something recently, and. The egg whites, egg whites, excuse me, they were room temperature. There was no egg yolks. They were all the rules that when you're working with egg whites, the bowl was clean. There was no grease. They, they whipped a little bit. I added in all my sugar to make meringue. They're right. supposed to double in size, get oh, nice wow. and thick okay. and whatever. And they were just runny. Like I couldn't even really? pipe them. They were soft. And when I piped them, they just lost their shape. Yeah, with, like, they with, didn't stick. They didn't stick. It was yeah. terrible. And I think I did it again straight after and the same thing happened. And I never figured out why. Huh. They more than likely all came from the same eggs. So I, so I, I think it was a bad batch. I just, I don't know what it was. Like they always say also like, you know, older eggs whip better. And I do oh, yeah, tend yeah. to use older eggs mm-hmm. and like, 
there's there, there are so many there's so many things that I know and I don't know what happened there and it's, it didn't just happen to me twice in my lifetime it's happened right. to me like it's happened before okay so yeah it, it can be a little bit temperamental I have a because meringue and pavlova are my is my absolute favorite dessert I have to try this I've never really? even had pavlova I'll yeah. make one I, I have egg whites always in my fridge okay and it's it's gluten-free yes yeah 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 um, but the texture already, like I'm sold. Oh, tell me. And then so you have, good. uh, you have it with, I know you're not, you're not a big fan of whipped cream. Yeah. Oh, well, I can, I'll eat it. Whipped cream and then fresh fruit, seasonal fresh fruit. Can you flavor your meringue? Yeah, of course you can. Like a lime meringue. Yeah, for Maybe sure. <laughs> the zest. citrus meringue. Yeah, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Raspberries and, uh, raspberry swirl with like lime. Yeah. 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 Strawberries and lime actually is a really good combo. Love. Yeah. You no, just, that sounds delicious. You just have to be very, go you, less is more. You have to be gentle when you're adding in stuff. You can't just load stuff in. Like sometimes like we do with cookies or chocolate chip meringue. Or, yeah. Like, um, <laughs> fudge you know you kind of you have yeah, all your so mixins you, like throw you have to be like careful here sink, it's yeah, not yeah, that yeah, because it's, it's a light mixture and it it bakes delicately so that leads my last question is when you're shaping them mm-hmm. because it is so delicate because it is so light do you have to use a piping bag or if someone didn't have one could they use a spoon or is it you yeah. need a piping bag no no okay Piping bag is to get a uniform shape. Mm. If you want to make a little nest, which is a base, and then you do the oh walls, God. you know, like that. Yeah. Um, so you can put like your your cream and your fruit in there. Like for Easter or something. I think they call it, what do they call it? Va- Vacheron. Vacheron. I love it. Yeah. And um, we call them like meringue nests. So if you wanted that, you would have to, mm, that's not true, you wouldn't have to, but if you wanted that uniform kind of like professional restaurant look, mm-hmm. you would pipe it. Pipe it. Um, more than likely with a star nozzle to give you that lovely like star shape. Star nozzle? Mm-hmm. That's so A little bit extra fancy. So however, generally what I do is you get two spoons and you dollop it on the baking tray. Yeah, that's what I would do. I'm mm-hmm. just like, just throw it Yeah, on. and then you get this like, um, you don't have this kind of like, uniformed yeah. look and they're rustic and they're homemade and there's dents and divots mm-hmm. and and especially when you're doing um flavored ones like if you're swirling in a coulis uh, a fruit puree a cocoa powder melted chocolate mm-hmm. the best thing to do is do it with a spoon because when you pile it into a bag it all gets all mushed up yeah, when you're trying all... to get all these like defined layers of right. meringue and then whatever your your mix in is yeah, because when I was uh, looking up some photos, like some people do like a, there's a watermelon shaped one really? and I'm like, wow. Yeah. I was like, that's a lot of work. Like they piped them in shapes, different colored. Like I think they colored the meringue. Yeah. And then, yeah, they ended up piping them in different shapes. It seemed really cool. I'm going to have to try it. I'm going to have to get some cream of tartar, the real baking kind. <laughs> and I'm going to have to try this. Um, moving you can get it in most, just so you know, for people, um, so there's, you use it for meringue, sometimes okay. you use it in caramel making, and you always need cream of tartar when you, or they call it tar- tartaric tartar. acid, um, when you're making snickerdoodles. <gasps> really? Yeah, you have to have it when you're making snickerdoodles. So, for the shape? For, I think that cream, I think that top, the way you yeah, know that like, they are. Not that, crusty, but yeah, like yeah, texture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so <clears> you need it for that, but... Uh, so those, but you don't need it for everything, but it's really handy. And if you get it a, a little, get a little tub and yeah, I just keep it in your cupboard. Can you forever. add it to like re- regular cookies? Or do you, it's just no, not you necessary. Don't, you just don't, okay. don't do that. <laughs> I'm not going to go crazy. All right. Uh, moving on to some pans. 
This I found interesting because I knew that you would have a tactic and I knew that we would have very different standpoints on this topic. The whole article was how to remove cakes, bunt ones, square ones, spring form, loaf. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of different schools of thought here. Greasing, flouring. Of course, you can combine those two. Parchment paper. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite? Or any at all. I am, I, all of my recipes, I do butter and line. Line with parchment paper. Parchment paper. Yeah. Um, some people, I, I think I heard somebody say one day, oh, like, oh, you buttered it and then you lined it with parchment paper. It's like, yeah, but how do you get the parchment to, to stick. stick? You have to get it to yeah, stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it said greasing so, underneath. Yeah, so they, it's not to get the cake out, it's to keep the parchment paper in place. Which I thought was really funny that, like, I don't know the how people, else you, because then you don't pour in batter and I don't know where the paper's going. It's yeah, like flying all for around. For sure. Because, so I've seen this too. So you, uh, for like a square pan, let's say you have just a regular square, like loaf pan, yeah. you're putting parchment paper on the base and all the sides, right? Or just the base. You're doing, no, no. What, what, what I do is one big piece of parchment paper that okay. goes, goes along down the base up the sides. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen people cut them individually out. Mm-hmm. She seems like a lot of measuring, a lot of... It's kind of unnecessary. Yeah. I know some people do that. And then what some people do is just kind of... I think it's for less waste because, we, you know, once that, once that cake comes out of there, you do you do dispose of the parchment paper. Yeah. But they do kind of like one strip of parchment paper and they lay it in the loaf pan. So if it's okay. bread or whatever it is, long. something... So it's it's long, it's but it's going it is going in the opposite direction of the yeah. pan. And then when you're and you wouldn't really you can do it for lots of things, but bread or something a bit sturdier might be easier to do it with. And you just lift it right out. Well, and they were also saying so parchment paper paper makes like the most sense to me because it's the most mess free, I feel like. And the most foolproof. Yeah. Right. Butter, butter and parchment paper, is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like so the you don't want it's to know how the, I grease mine. It's not. We'll get to that in a minute. It's not the most foolproof though, because when you're talking, so we've done stuff here that Ami is a big fan of uh, butter lining, but and then buttering and flouring a pan on top of mm-hmm. the parchment paper. Yeah. Oh, for what reason? To, to make sure it comes out. Oh, okay. And it doesn't like stick, especially by your insurance. And sometimes. It can give you an even, uh, um, like a more even looking cake at the end because yeah. you didn't get bits stuck to your pan. So it just makes sure that your cake is coming out of there. I I'm I won't say I'm lazy, but I just don't take that extra step. So yeah, my cakes come out just fine. Yeah, you're like it works. Well, um, I also read that so greasing. If you do butter and obviously oil, you're going to get different effects. Pam, for those of us, is. <laughs> Is that what you use? Maybe. Okay. A bunt pan is like my mom has this amazing recipe and it's pistachio chocolate um, bunt cake, mm-hmm. right? But that is so hard. I, I, I can't parchment paper because then the lines, you know, the design. Yeah. So some Pam or Crisco. Okay. I will have Crisco and I have a paper towel mm-hmm. and I'll use that. Is this wrong? Gemma hates the way I I'm just waiting for fans. you to be done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. Um, so I was about to get into the, the so uh, bond pans and uh, angel food cake pans. Mm, yeah, that's another one. And there's another, like, monkey, like monkey bread pans. Monkey bread or even, um, cre- not creme brulee. Is it creme brulee? Like the small little... 
No. The small little dishes. Ramekins? Like the cho- yeah, 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 yeah. Like the chocolate lava cake. Or oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. those are tricky. Well, you're supposed to butter and flour those. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, going back to those knobbly um, pans that mm-hmm. like we all bought, like I definitely did, thinking they were a great idea because it was a pumpkin-shaped cake and I never used yes, it. Yes, yes. Um, but it never came out right. With those, you have to butter and flour generously. Okay. Butter and flour generously. That's Don't all. Pan. I, I'm going to let you know my my, my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked in a bakery when I first moved to the United States, and they, you know, we did we produced a ton of uh, food for. It was based in a casino. Maybe it's a different story. I'll tell you for a different day. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> the I remember the feeling in my lungs that those sprays. We, and it was in the basement of a casino. No, yeah, you so don't have just, ventilation. We, we sprayed them. On everything. We sprayed it in the cake pans, on on cookie sheets, which didn't even need it. We sprayed everything with this uh, spray. And um, I just thought, like, after a while, I was like, I just feel like this can't be good for you. So, like, what I like to do is, especially when, uh, because I do a lot of baking, I save my butter wrappers as long as, you know, they don't get too messy in my fridge. Sometimes they mm-hmm. do. Save your butter wrappers. Uh, use those to grease your pans so you're using the leftover butter and you're also not having to clean a pastry brush. You're just using the pa- oh, paper yeah. to, to, uh, to, do to, to do it. So, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's really clean. That makes sense. You're using up leftover butter. And if you want to, if you if you do a lot of baking, keep them in the fridge. Keep those guys in the fridge. That's and a really good idea. And then you just idea. use them whenever. Yeah. Um, do that and then... Uh, flour and um, it, 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 it's same I'll just go back to this I have the same point of view is that you put good in and you get good yeah. out yeah. and I would just say go like, the for your step. own do and for your own sake I just don't think those things are very good for your health mm-hmm. or, you know and I know there might be tiny tiny amounts I just I think there's a, there's a better I think butter and flour might be a better option yeah I think my mom always used to use the flour um, which I should get back into because it definitely helps. I mean, like even brownies stick sometimes. Like it's just I feel like everything. Do you do you line your your brownie pan? Um, I will like Crisco it. I used to flour, but yeah. I don't use parchment paper. I see the thing about parchment paper for me, it always like scared me as like an amateur baker. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm like professional enough to use parchment paper. Oh, funny, Gina. But now from like I've learned that like. You should just have it. It's a staple for your kitchen. Oh, you have to have parchment paper. Right. And you really do need to be parchment. Do you need to, every, like, everything needs parchment paper. One time I had my, I was making homemade um, tiramisu. And I was making the- Don't tell me you lined that. I was making homemade ladyfingers. Oh, yeah. From scratch. Yeah. I was so proud of myself. I followed the recipe exactly. And my poor boyfriend lined the pan with wax paper. Yeah. And I didn't think twice. I stuck it in the oven. Everything was melted. It was a mess. So uh, we've talked about, I, I know like I've, I've gone on about this before. Yeah. I do not. So this happened to me when I first moved to the United States. <sighs> so I didn't realize I had picked up something else in the grocery store. It's so hard to tell. I, I thought it was all the same. Yeah. Or, or it was just what they called parchment paper in America. Okay. Yeah. So. I baked, I remember very clearly when I had my catering business, I baked a, a carrot cake mm. and it was gorgeous. And it was lovely and everything. I turned it out of the pan and I spent 20 minutes peeling this wax paper no. off the base of the cake. Then a few, like probably not like a little while later, I made cookies. I did the exact same oh, thing because so I didn't know what it was. 
And then I individual cookies. I can still see myself standing in the kitchen, individual no, cookies peeling, peeling it off. the base, peeling the wax paper that had baked into the cookie off Mm-mm. the base. And that's when it took like it did take me two <laughs> times to realize to no wax this paper not, kitchen. What is this? Yeah. Like this is like no wax paper. There's no. no so I'd love to know from anybody, like I know why I use wax paper and mm-hmm. it's for style, food styling purposes. It, okay. You get this, it's see-through. You get this lovely kind of contrast. You crinkle it up because of the wax. Shine, yeah, like glossiness. Yeah. yeah. If you crinkle it because of the wax on it, it, you can create all these like veins of like, so it's really interesting to photograph. Right. So you put cookies on it or brownies or whatever. And it's like a really good tool for a food, a food stylist to have. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. And I would love for somebody to tell me. <laughs> Let us know. What is the purpose of wax? paper yeah Except i guess storing trick things tricking and maybe storing storing what though? i don't know because then just get a tupperware yeah i'm with you yeah send us also your wax paper horror stories if you have any we'd love we'd love to hear them all right so we're gonna move on from hot from the oven we are gonna play grain of salt try and stump Gemma. we have three of these our first one is european style high fat butter is always better and um, if you can, if you have the luxury of able to aff- like afford to bake with that butter, like yeah. absolutely, or, you know, eat that butter on your toast or whatever, sandwiches, absolutely. Go for it. Yeah, it, okay. it's it's such great quality. However, um, it is more expensive. But I, I just speak right in California. I find that the California butter is not m- much more, it's not che- a lot cheap. Uh, sorry, it's quite expensive, California butter. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I go to Costco and um i get um irish i get curry gold in costco okay and it's really inexpensive and it's still like great this is irish butter yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. this is european butter that you're talking about right um and it's great and i don't use that for all of my baking because huh. it's expensive mm-hmm. but um i do like i always put it in my mashed potatoes on sandwiches yes. on our toast yes. like things like that and then also there is another brand it's so, a uh, irish Kerrygold is grass-fed butter. Right. Um, there is now another brand in Costco that it's their own brand, and it's huh. another grass-fed one, and it's organic. And um, I, I, I'm guessing, I'm guessing oh, it's cheaper than Kerrygold. Yeah. Okay. But um, those are those are your options. Those are too don't, good. Yeah. Don't I would say don't buy Kerrygold in Safeway or, or Trader Joe's. It's very. It can be. It's just so expensive. If you yeah. if you have a Costco, buy it at Costco. I can't believe it's not butter. I'm just kidding. Do you remember in like the when I was growing up, we had the spray butter? No. Do you remember that? No. Really? Yeah. They had this like legitimate, like almost like mini hairspray or like detangler spray. I don't know. It was like a mini bottle. And it was butter. So you was so fun as a kid, because think you're like seven, eight, and my mom would bring the butter out and then we'd have like our toast and you're just spraying it. Let us know if you use that. You've never seen this? I'm gonna have to show you know. a photo later later. I have never heard of spray butter. I've never had spray butter. I've never even seen spray butter. So I'm going to have to Google that one. We're going to show Gemma after but this. We just didn't have, no, we never had that in Ireland. We just had Irish butter. Irish butter. And now we know where to find it. We can go to Costco. Yeah, we exactly. got some good recommendations. All right. Next one. Fresh produce is better than canned or frozen, which I thought was interesting because obviously baking with like frozen fruits. Mm-hmm. Is fresh always better or is that something you recommend? I'm just I'm just thinking about your question. Is it do, what produce do you mean? Do you mean fruit or do you mean vegetables? I guess and stuff? like is it okay to bake with frozen fruit? Yes. Or 
do you always think that it should be fresh? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, that's a, it's a really good question. And I have a lot of notes on that. Okay. Um, frozen fruit is great. Mm-hmm. It's inexpensive. Coming from, uh, you know, it, it, our audience being so global, sometimes the only time you can get blue, you might you might not ever get blueberries fresh, but you can get, you might be able to get them frozen. Mm-hmm. So it just makes fruit more accessible for people. Okay. Um, which I think is really great. Yeah. More often than not, the practice for uh, freezing fruit um, is that often farms will flash freeze it on the farm if mm. they have the, the ability to do that or in a, a, a facility close by. So it gets flash frozen and then packaged straight away. Well, it's like, you know, you're washed so it and is, everything. So it is, fresh. It's so fresh, it's, fresh and, But it's in season. Right. So it's picked in season. Um, so when you buy frozen fruit, it's generally harvested during the busy peak season Mm -hmm. which makes it um cheaper also the when i so for instance i if i go if i want to make if i want to make uh something with uh raspberries and i do have the option of raspberries in california in october Mm -hmm. um but I can buy frozen. I probably, if it suits my recipe, I will go with frozen. frozen because more than likely they're from the summertime, huh? And they're probably in ex- more. They're probably cheaper, and um, and they will last longer. If you don't need that, use them all. They just last longer. So, okay. um, frozen fruit is a really good option. I would say just always be careful and that there's no sugar added. There should be no sugar That's added to your frozen yeah. fruit. And you'll see there right on the pack, it should just be fruit. Right. No f- sugar needs to be added to frozen fruit. Um, but, and then do you know what else you should do? Mm-hmm. Because we're coming up to, well, we're, we're going to be heading into summer soon. This is um, what I'm going to actually focus on in the summertime in August on the website is your own jamming and canning. <gasps> But I love it. then also freezing your own fruit. So this yeah. is what you're going to do because you go to the farmer's market uh, in the summertime and during the like peak season, you'll get three, we call them punnets, but like three, you know, the little, you know, the little yeah, boxes. Yeah, the, the little tins. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, three punnets of strawberries for like eight euros or dollars, sorry. Um, or maybe even cheaper and right. they're peak season and they're gorgeous and they're local and they're tiny and they've got, they're so sweet and they're lovely. And then as it starts to get out of season, they become, uh, less sweet. They're, they're, they're usually kind of tend to be bigger and they're more expensive. So when you see fruit at a really good price mm-hmm. during those, like those, uh, peak season times, your June, July, go, uh, buy it, wash it. And put it on a, dry, dry it, put it on a baking tray, um, chop it up. If you're doing um, like half the strawberries, uh, something like that, especially if you're going to do smoothies or something, just yeah. give them like a, a chop in half so they're not huge. And uh, uh, fr- uh, sorry, raspberries don't chop, blueberries do not chop. Oh. You know, things like pineapple, things like that, anything, like mangoes, anything. Put it on a baking tray uh, lined with parchment paper, put it in the freezer flat, freeze it flat. A few hours later, pop it into a vacuum sealed bag or do what I love to do, which is, sorry, I said vacuum sealed, put it into a Ziploc bag or do what I like to do, which is vacuum seal. If I know I'm not going to be using it for a long time, mm-hmm. put it in a bag and suck all the air out of it. And then you have uh, That's so inexpensive, genius. and you, and you know, and you and if you're buying organic, 
in the farmer's market, you know, these are organic. I would say, and like, I don't always do this, but I'm, I'm very conscious of it now, especially because of George is organic berries because, um, a lot of sprays and pesticides are yeah. used on berries. So it is preferable to buy organic when you can. Okay. No, yeah. that's really great too, because I feel like some people, it seems like a daunting task, but it's not, it's not. No, you chop pick them, up, them up, chop them up, put them in the freezer, put them in the freezer and then just bag them and tag them. Yeah. And then if they're in Ziploc bags then you can just open them up, grab so a little lump brilliant. whenever you want it. And we do a lot of smoothies. Yeah. So, and sometimes, and I don't want to give George too much fruit. Right. So I need two strawberries, one chunk of banana, like all these little things. So I have them ready to go. It's genius. Yeah. That's such a great tip. All right, we're going to round out with just one Ask Gemma. This one's actually from me. Oh. Um, I was watching some Food, Food Network this weekend. I was like, I have to ask Gemma this question. For pies, yes. is it necessary to cut a slit in the top? No. And why? Is it a decorative thing? Is it like an aeration thing? What's like the history behind That's that? That's a good question. Is So I'll answer it. Um, you ask, is it necessary? Yeah. No, it's not always necessary. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and I will admit, yep. I'm not going to lie. So I went on a trip to Ireland recently. I just learned this fact when I was at Ballymaloo Cookery School from Darina oh, Allen. And I was sitting there in the class and I was like, how did I not know this? So this is what Darina said. So uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just repeating. Reiterating. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just, just saying what she said, which is we were making a rhubarb pie in the class and one of the, I was within a group of Americans and, um, was it Laura who is actually, I'm going to give Laura a shout out, Laura from Chubby Kitchen, who actually has an Instagram and who is right now making my, uh, going through my cookbook cover to cover oh, and making fun. each day, making a recipe from my cookbook. So fun. So anyway, anyway, long story short, yeah. Chubby Kitchen on Instagram and she makes, uh, beautiful photos, great recipes. And she goes through people's cookbooks. It's really fascinating. She's really talented. Anywho, she asked Darina, you're not cutting a hole. Why aren't you cutting a hole in the top to mm -hmm. let out air or steam? Sorry, air, steam. And Darina said that that's not necessary when it's not a laminated layered pastry. So puff pastry, rough puff pastry, uh -huh. Uh, something that gives you all, yields you all the lovely layers. Right. You let the air out. You let the steam out of that. Uh, so it's, so your, so your layers can grow. Breathe, yeah. And, 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 and develop. You don't need to do that for a pie crust for a, uh, just wow. a regular pie dough because you don't need to let out all that steam because you're not trying to create these layers. Right. It's like a pecan pie or an apple or peach cobble. Like yeah, you don't need you don't, to. You don't have to. That's really good to slits, know. But we're just also used to cutting slits. They were like, oh, we, we got to do it. And then you ask why. It's like, mm, you know I know. What? I, I like, don't know why. Because I was, I'm like, why? Sometimes it's for look. But, off, but the thing about it is, so like, do you have to? The answer is no, you don't have to when it's just a pie crust. Yeah. You should do it, however, it's what Darina says, when you're doing puff pastry and uh, puff pastry and uh, rough puff pastry. Okay. So lamin that's laminated, that's laminated dose. refers to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's super because people, I was just thinking like, oh, when I bake pies or anything, I just put them in there because I thought you had to. Some, I, I will tell you this and that um, the one thing I thought when Darina said was, so it lets out steam because sometimes, especially if you're doing hand pies, they can, I wouldn't say, they can kind of explode a little bit. So I thought it was kind of like to let out the steam to stop them exploding. So, so listen, if you want to still cut slits in your pies. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. 
Um, but don't feel like you have to. You don't have to, but definitely do it when you're using rough puff pastry and puff pastry. And in the academy, the bowl baking academy recently, mm-hmm. we did rough puff pastry from scratch. Oh, that is when you would want to do your slits. All right. That was really informative. That was like a very wasn't good that, answer. No, I really, that, yes. I, you know what? I, should, I shouldn't have told you that I literally just learned that information okay. from Your somebody else. Safe. Um, wow, we got through a lot this episode. Pretty good. Yeah. We got, we got a lot of topics. As always, if you guys have any questions for us, um, you can find Gemma on Instagram. Gemma underscore Stafford. And then you can find me at Gina Brazau. And then you can also find Need to Know on Instagram as well. Instagram, Need to Know. And then also Bigger Bold Baking on all platforms. Mm-hmm. And send us your wax horror stories. Wax paper horror wax, stories. Yeah, yeah, wax paper. <laughs> Until then, we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks Thank for you. Listening. Talk to you soon. <laughs>